Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's sermon podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. We probably almost all know who Dave is, but... Um, He has been a part of this congregation, I think, for two decades plus. Three decades. Okay, multiple. This month, okay, multiple decades. He has served in a myriad of ways, from youth worker, small group teacher, Sunday school teacher, board member, and probably many, many ways that I am just unaware of. He carries the Father's heart in a deep, radical way. The way he opens his arms wide and draws all in. He models humility and ways of relationship reconciliation in a powerful way by coming humbly back to conversations where maybe he didn't show up super great the first time, but he comes asking for a redo and and can we try again? Which I have learned so much from you in that, Dave. The deep heart-to-heart conversations he has had with students, campers, church members, tenants, and random community people have planted seeds in the kingdom of heaven that we can't even imagine the impact or extent of this side of heaven. Dave and I are very different, and that has been such a gift to me, first when we were serving together on the board, and now as we're leading together during Pastor Greg's sabbatical. I am very excited for you to hear this message that Jesus has put on Dave's heart. Let's give a warm welcome to Dave Penner. It is wonderful to see you. I can hardly wait to hear what I'm going to say after Amy's introduction. And I just have to warn you, I'm trained as a teacher. I'm taught to make everything last 80 minutes. So if you need to uh, refill your coffee cup, please do that. Um, Welcome here, you folks that are online. Just totally appreciate you being a part of this and tuning in. You are truly a part of this family and we are unified together. The title for the sermon today is Unity and Love in a Season of Division. Have you felt any division recently? Have you experienced that? Let's move on to the next slide here. And uh, John 10.10 is the verse that I was prompted to use As Jesus describes, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Do you guys want life to the full? Tell tell your neighbor, I want life to the full. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you have an incredible plan of redemption You are present in this reality. You are not surprised by anything that we are experiencing. And you, Jesus, and Holy Spirit together have come up with an incredible plan for redemption for every single divisive thing that we are experiencing. So Holy Spirit, we know that you are here, but we welcome you to teach and to speak and to fill this space with all that you want us to know, experience, and remember from you. We invite you in Jesus' name. 
It is a good, good day. You agree? Guys, the song that we just sang could be our sermon. We could, we could sit in that. The God of angel armies is always by my side. Nothing formed against me will stand. Guys, we could ponder that. Worship and leave and we would be fed. That fits into what we're going to look at today. Before we jump into the sermon, a huge shout out to Terrell Anderson. How many of you heard him last Sunday? Thank you, Terrell, for the words you spoke. Good job on an important topic. I truly and seriously believe that deep gratitude in our hearts would solve a whole lot of issues that we create for ourselves. That's a word for Dave Penner. I must say I'm simply blessed and encouraged by all the kids who have signed up to speak. Anyone under 45, you're in the kid category. I can't believe how young 70 is looking. <clears throat> I asked Terrell, why did you sign up to preach? He said, well, Dave, I, I read the email from Greg, and we'll just put that there so it doesn't confuse what's in front of me here. He said, Dave, I read the email from Greg and I knew immediately that's what I was supposed to do. And so I just told him yes, and then I followed through. That could be our sermon this morning right there. Thanks for living that out for us, Terrell. So the question is, what are you prompted by Holy Spirit to do? Have you said yes? And are you, have you followed through? Little check mark for Dave Penner. There's something that happened at our board meeting while we were praying. God downloaded a picture, and I still need to do that. I just said that publicly, so you can ask me in a week, has it happened? It's going to be a crazy story. Thanks, Terrell. You'll remember when we announced Greg's sabbatical a number of weeks ago, I said, this is a journey we're going to do together. And I just want to thank all of the people who have stepped up in so many ways. Let's give Amy a round of applause. I'm serious. <clears throat> she is carrying many things and doing a, a really good job. And for all of the, these young people, I think, think there's six or seven young people that have signed up to speak. I just speak blessing. It's just so encouraging for me. I just speak blessing over you guys today as you, as you explore the gifts that God has put in you. And may we, be, we as a body support you in the gifts and the development of your spiritual formation as leaders. <clears throat> That's just so powerful. That's so good. As I thought about speaking, to, so thank you. And Greg and Farrell, we bless you as you get rejuvenated, recuperated, on all the, and all the other re-words that God is doing in you to bring you back in a powerful way. As I thought about speaking today, many things flooded my mind. I get a tad passionate about things that I don't see working out really well, and particularly things that I experience or recognize as dangerous or destructive to what we're actually trying to accomplish. I believe in this latest season with COVID accompanied political and social unrest, a number of things are stirred up. I'm really disturbed by the division experienced by families, churches, and I think God provides a better way. And hence, unity and love in a season of division. My purpose is not to highlight the issues and tell you where to stand and what you should be protesting, what you should be supporting. That is not my 
my purpose at all today. The reality is you must wrestle with those issues. And I implore you to listen to Holy Spirit and help. May we understand that other believers may actually get an assignment that's different than my own. And somebody may actually approach an issue from the other side and together we are following what Jesus, what Heavenly Father is asking us to walk out. And the tapestry of what works out, Scripture says that all things work together. And even if I have missed the mark in a particular instance, is our God one who redeems? Absolutely. And can I cheer on the other believer? I'm getting way ahead in my notes. This is my punchline, but here it is. Can I cheer on the other believer that sees things slightly different and is actually standing on the other side of an issue? Can I trust that he's listening to Holy Spirit and God is orchestrating a beautiful thing and I have my responsibilities and he has his? Can we cheer each other on? I think God has a really powerful thing for us to demonstrate to the world around us. Okay, we're done that one. Whoo! 17 to go. I am confident that we as believers, every Jesus follower, every Christian, everyone who raises a flag and says, yeah, I'm one of those, is deeply and seriously called to consider Jesus' words and the expressed desire of God himself. John 10.10, 10, these are Jesus' own words. Let's look at that again. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's one package. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the fullest. How many of you want life? Did we already say that? Okay, say it again. Tell your neighbor, I want life abundantly. <clears throat> So why this verse today? The contrast is clear. We see division and loss and the, result, the resulting pain and loss of division all around us in families, in churches, in political systems, in our communities. Jesus offers an alternative. Once again, Jesus speaks a better word. Did you know that? Often things are said and conclusions are made. And you know what? God's got a better way to sum that situation up. I believe it bears out in Scripture on every issue, every relational conflict, that there are only two sides. Every issue, every relational conflict, there are only two sides. And they are not for and against they are not his side and her side, this story or that story. But in every instance, there is God's side and the enemy's side. There is kingdom thinking and there is earthly thinking. There is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of darkness and they are at play on both sides of every divisive issue. God help us choose to be part of life and not speak words of death. A number of years ago, I was asked to
pray for my brother. Him and his wife are running a ministry with college kids called The Gathering in Lethbridge. And he's like, Dave, would you, we, we want prayer coverage through the whole weekend. Excellent. I said, put me on for 6 o'clock Saturday morning. I'll be up early. And it was a prophetic word. God woke me up at about 4.30. And have you ever watched on YouTube or the National Geographic as the lions pursue the zebras? It's a chaos. The lions are pursuing the herd. One separates. And I woke up just, with, just gripped with this picture. Isol or separation, isolation, destruction. And Scripture talks about the lion being or Satan being a roaring lion looking for whom he can devour. And I was overcome with the, the weight of that picture, and I was honestly on my face on the carpet in front of our wood stove, and I said, God, what is your antidote to that reality? And it was clear as a bell. Speak my words. What does Heavenly Father say in every division? What does Heavenly Father say in every broken relationship? What is the better word that Jesus speaks that brings life from every broken place, from every place of division? So we're going to look at some of Jesus' words. This is, that incident for me has been a powerful change of perspective. A new lens to wear when I'm talking to a student in the counseling room at the high school. What would God say to this person who's been abandoned by their father? Where life is, they've experienced things you never hope your children have to. And then I would speak God's words. You were created to be loved and cared for, to be protected, encouraged, blessed and affirmed. And they would shake their head. They couldn't, could hardly hear it. But they kept coming back because it was words of life. And I believe God has that kind of redemption for all of us in our broken, the, the places where we come into tension. Jesus speaks a better word. Okay, well, let's, let's just look at a few scriptures here. On to the next one there, Proverbs 18. 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Do you guys realize the things you say are destructive or constructive? They destroy or hurt people or build people up, create a space for inclusion. What we say actually creates realities of life or death. Let's look at another one, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, and then we're going to get to what Jesus actually says. So this was placed before the children of Israel, and it was a situation, and, and uh, the ver there it is. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, Choose life. I want you to look at that word, word choose. Guys, it doesn't just happen. You are going to have to step into things and choose to do stuff that may be unnatural. 
Jesus wants to give us the abundant life, and I absolutely believe that is God's purpose and God's plan for us to live the abundant life, that that would be a reality for us to experience even in a season that seems to be so divisive. So speak my words. Let's look at what Jesus actually said. And I want you to think about this. Let's go to the next one there. <clears throat> Matthew 5, 44. Oh, it's there already. Carry on. Cool. Love your enemies. That's just a natural thing to do, hey? <laughs> I have to just, there's, oh, I'm just filtering here. Let's move forward. Do good to those who hate you. Such a natural thing to do. Pray for those that use you despitefully. Have you ever felt used? Pray for those who do that to you. Pray for them that persecute you. And the verse right after says, Jesus then summarizes it. He says, do these things, and then he says, you will be acting as true children of God. True children of God. Jesus was introducing an upside-down kingdom. It is not natural. It is not instinctual. It is not normal human behavior to follow or to live out these commands, by the way. They aren't suggestions. It is counterintuitive. It is a heavenly spiritual kingdom, and a choice is required. Guys, in your spiritual maturity, you're going to, you know, you've come to Jesus. You know you're a sinner. You need, you need, you need fire protection, and you need a Savior. You recognize that. Francis Schaeffer, those of you who are older, you'll know that name. He said, we must bow three times before our Heavenly Father. First, we must bow as, as a created being and understand we were created and our very life breath is in God's hands. Secondly, we must bow as a sinner, recognizing I am broken and I need a Savior, and that's not a one-time thing. That is daily understanding my need for cleansing because brokenness continues to well up within me. Here's the third one. He says that you, we need to bow as a student before a God who knows things and understand clearly that we don't have it. I think Jesus is telling us something that we don't have naturally. Our carnal mind would not come up with, yeah, love your enemy, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who use you despitefully, and how do you pray? Let's talk about that for a moment. God, please remove every horrible obstacle in front of me, and if that includes John, let him be gone. <laughs> how does God see John? John, God died for John. God, would you pour out blessing on John? What the scriptures say, it is his kindness that draws us to repentance. God, would you bless John so immensely that he can't, he can't even imagine 
there's any other possibility for this blessing and great glorious life that I have other than there is a God who lives and He has blessed me and I want to serve Him. And God says, okay, John, I love that. Can we talk about this? Oh, my goodness. And at that place, John is ready to see where he has failed. And even if John never sees, we continue to play, pray blessing. And guess what we get to do? Well, Jesus is going to tell us in the next verse what we get to do. Forgive. <clears throat> so how do we do what isn't natural? Did you guys know that you were created in the image of God? How many of you know that? Amen. Tell your neighbor, you are created in the image of God. I believe Scripture bears this out, and it is absolutely clear that you are a creator. You are a creator. You create realities. You create things. You think about it. Every robin's nest is the same. Every coyote den is the same. Every cow chooses cud, da-da-da, the same. Human beings are different than all other creatures. We can envision solution to problems. We can create incredible art. God gives us the wisdom to understand relational things that work well. We can build a family, know how to love, support, encourage, create. We come up with political systems, societies where things work really well or we understand how things don't work well. We are created for incredible, incredible glory. And to bring that to pass in the seasons, in the places where we actually are. And we also have, because of that creative ability, incredible, incredible power for evil. God, help us to choose things that bring life. So, our creative ability is just one simple way that separates us from all other creatures. God calls us to be this kind of new creation. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a new creation. Yeah, now say it like you mean it. Come on. <laughs> and as a new creation, may we choose God's way, the better way, the way of life and abundance. So Jesus asks some really big things of us. May you choose to step into them. So we've already covered these. Oh, we're on to the next one. That's beautiful. Thank you. Think in context of some of the issues that are dividing us. Masks, protests, whatever. That's not even the issue. But in context of that, and maybe your responses on Facebook and Twitter and any other technological thing I don't even know about. Does this convey the picture the world around you would see? What does Jesus tell us to do? Be compassionate as your Father is merciful. Only be as compassionate as God. He's not asking much. Do not judge. Ouch. 
well, we need to judge so we can make decisions. And do you know what? We need to evaluate and look at stuff. God has given you a mind, and you have stuff that you need to weigh and figure out and dialogue and do that. That's different than casting judgment. Does that make sense? And the next part, as soon as we're happy to judge, guess what comes right after that? Condemnation. Not only did you do this, you now deserve such and such and this and this. And I... God help you as you weigh facts and make decisions. But may you be a person that is compassionate. You're not judgeful. Judge, is that the word? Judgmental. Thank you. No condemnation. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ. So if your brother, your Christian brother, is doing faith a little differently than you, jumping up on the other side of an issue, God bless that man for hearing Holy Spirit, and may I not judge. And you know what? We need to get together to dialogue, to talk, to figure out why does he see that side is really important. But together, bring about a situation that brings life. Do not condemn. And this is absolutely crucial. Forgive others. Totally natural responses. Yes? <laughs> Guys, these are not natural. May we look different than the world around us. May we be compassionate. Do not judge. Do not condemn. Forgive others. Sorry, guys, David Penner. Some of us may have to park our opinions and our worldly wisdom at the door. You know the one commandment that says, do not use the Lord your God's name in vain. How many of you know that one, right? And how many of you think, when I hit my nail with a hammer, I need to think of this commandment because if I say Jesus Christ, I have broken this commandment. Guys, it's way, 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 way bigger than that. The fellow that runs Prager University is a Jewish rabbi. Heard him in a YouTube, and I've never forgotten this. And he said, no, 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 no. It's not just whether you swear or this or, or how you... No. Using the name of the Lord's God in vain, vain means empty or useless. Guys, when you fly the Christian flag and then your actions are empty or useless, you are misrepresenting God's name and you are using it in vain. You are a poor representation and you have broken that commandment. How much worse when our actions are not just useless, but they are actually vengeful, bring death, and are exactly these, judgmental, condemnation, and we use our righteous indignation to carry out these acts. God help us understand that he has a better way. Do you know what, guys? You're right. God is asking you to die. And in the words of Graham Cook, please just die quietly. Listen to him. He's astounding. He, anyhow. We must die to ourselves 
our rights. Guys, I don't want what I deserve. I don't want my rights because I deserve some really not good stuff. I'm so thankful for mercy. I am so thankful for mercy. My selfish ambitions need to take a second seat. My self-protection, whoa, I got to make sure I don't get hurt in the staff room again. I got blasted last time. Just our fear that keeps us from engaging and our fear motivates us to control situations, to control people, to control outcome. We just sang a song, man. The angel, the God of angel armies is with us and nothing formed against us can stand. Can we trust God for that? And then do as Jesus said, pray for those who are hurting us. Pray for those who are persecuting us. You know, every piece here could be a whole series, sermon series. And I'm just touching on some things. And I pray that Holy Spirit will highlight what's actually really important. <clears throat> Let's go to the next slide here. So Jesus offers life. And... While you're, okay, yeah, while we're looking at that. So here we are. We've got unity. We're all unified. And someone says, well, what do you mean Jesus asks us to live in unity? So what's your definition of unity? Well, I would say every single definition of unity is what God has desired for us as Christian people. Unity in purpose. Unity in gathering. Unity in being a body, that means nobody is separate, nobody is out. And that takes two things. We need people to engage, to step into unity. As a body, we have to be so careful not to have a, a toxic environment where people feel they have to leave. But in every case, so yeah, God wants us to be unified. We're going to look at uh, Jesus' prayer in John 17. We'll look at that in just a moment. But just to highlight it, I am in you, and Jesus is talking about the Father, and you in them. May they experience such unity that the world will believe that you sent me. Guys, our unity declares the glory of God in our community and Paul even says in Ephesians that our unity... God uses to declare his glory before principalities and powers in the spiritual realm. We are called to unity, and it is not just a suggestion. Guess why forgiveness is next on Jesus' list there? Because you're going to do life, and you're going to get into a situation where you miscommunicated. Somebody has hurt you or done something different, and you have an opportunity for offense. Guys, offense is the trap. And when, when you speak or you hear it said, I am so offended, guess what? You are already partnering with the enemy and have already crossed over into the other piece. And that is not God's kingdom. That's why forgiveness, Jesus says, forgive. Forgiveness unhooks the other person allows the relationship to be restored, 
and you're back in unity. Let's look at love. Where do we experience love the most? Likely in your family. And I'm so sorry if your family hasn't been that kind of experience because that was God's design for you and for family. It's where we experience belonging, unconditional acceptance. We are nurtured. We are disciplined. <laughs> you bet we are. We find our purpose and we contribute. Unity in love producing life. What's on the other side? Well, one of the first things is division. Yep, can't agree with that. Next, offense. And as soon as we're offended, we separate, we isolate, and the natural cause or results are destruction of relationships, destruction of organizations, and we provide a real good crop of bitterness which leads to hatred and eventually murder. If, and if it doesn't really happen in murder, guess what Jesus said? Those are actually the same because motivation is central to the kingdom. Please press into unity. Forgive others often and show extravagant life so that we can love, so we can experience that life together. Let's look at John 17, 23. We'll read it again. And these are, this is Jesus' prayer for the disciples before he's about to go. Father, I am in you, and you are in them. May they experience such unity that the world will believe you sent me. Guys, do you get the gravity of unity in expressing our love and the reality of a Father who loves us to our community? Don't use the Lord's name in vain. May you represent Him really well. Unity. Um, <laughs> unity is imp profoundly important to God. It is, in, it is when we are in unity that we dis demonstrate the glory of God. Our unity points to the manifestation of God's presence on earth. Guys, let me just say it this way. Your relationships really, really matter. Your boss, your family your kids, your spouse, your tenants, your workers. Every one of these people should all experience this process. Oh, it won't be normal or natural, but they should experience the kingdom of God because they spent time with you. <clears throat> Just a couple closing thoughts here. As we think about the season we're in, COVID, masks, no masks, vaccines, political unrest, Democrats, Trudeau, oil pipelines, no oil, like all of these things. Did Jesus say, I will build my kingdom and the gates of hell will not stand against them? Did he say that? It's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen. Did you notice that it's an 
offensive stance. The kingdom of heaven is advancing. Hell is trying to play defense to stop it and doesn't have a hope of stopping it. Guys, how hard does the darkness work to fight the light of a candle? <laughs> the candle just burns and the light pushes back the darkness. There's no effort there. Jesus is the light of the world. Do you and I as Christians have the power to mess up God's plan? God's plan is going to unfold. His kingdom will advance, and you get to have a part in that. God is the great redeemer, even when we, when we make mistakes, might not do things well. He is the great redeemer, the one that restores, makes all things work together for the good of those who love Christ. Let's look at our last verse here. Oh, it's not our last one. So this is in Ephesians chapter 4. Just prior to this verse, the Apostle Paul writes that God wants to do immeasurably more than you could ask or think or imagine within you. And then in chapter 4, he tells us how he wants that to happen. And here it is. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Guys, may you find a way to be unified under Jesus by following His ways and His words in every situation you find yourself. Let's look at the last verse here. And this is in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts. Love is so important in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Do you guys have hopes as believers? Hopes that you want to see of God's kingdom come to reality in your space, in your relationships, in this town? Let's keep doing this. Then you will not become dull and indifferent. May your words and actions and interactions with others, your Facebook and your Twitter account, correctly reflect the words of Jesus. May you be unified with him and with the body of Christ and all believers to bring God's glory to this community, to your reality, to every sphere that you intersect. May you usher in God's kingdom in every interaction, in every issue, and every relationship. May you speak his words, listen to Holy Spirit for his instructions, and cheer on every other believer. And together, we will experience that life abundantly. God bless you. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you'd like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ, and then make him known.